A diagnosis is not a death sentence, but people living with HIV or AIDS still face major stigmas. And while treatments have improved, access to medications remains uneven. Now, tomorrow, thousands will gather in Chicago for the AIDS walk and run to raise awareness and money in support of those living with HIV. And the event is organized by the AIDS Foundation of Chicago. And its president, John Peller, is here with us now in studio. Welcome, John. Good morning, Sasha. We're also joined by the top individual fundraiser so far, Christopher Pasternick. Welcome, Christopher. Thank you so much. This is your 10th time participating in the walk, I hear. Your hope was to raise $10,000, and breaking news, you made it past your goal this morning? Yeah, a, a friend went on and, and donated the difference. It was a big surprise when I was on the bus on the way here. How are you feeling about that? I feel great. I, it, I, it takes a village. Uh, so many of my donations are just from my friends and colleagues in the theater industry, $10, $15. And so to reach a goal means I have a lot of support and that means the world. I mean, me. it really does go a long way, right? When you when you hear fundraisers talk about, you know, a dollar, whatever you can give, it it all helps when we're all chiming in, chipping in together. Absolutely. That's how I got to 10K. Take me back. What pushed you to join the walk the first time? Uh, so I was diagnosed with HIV in 2009. Okay. And, uh, you know, it took a few years for me to process that myself. Um, but after a few Why years... Why was that? What were you thinking initially? It was terrifying. I didn't know what that meant. You know what I mean? I didn't know if, uh, how long I had to live. I had, you know, the most uh, dire of thoughts running through my head. So it took a while for me to get, you know, access to care and started on medication and figure out what my life was going to look like, which fortunately uh, isn't going to look a lot different than it would have otherwise. But that mentally took a while to process. Yeah. Um, but after after that initial hurdle, I got really comfortable talking about it. And I was on the CTA one day and there was an ad for the AIDS walk and it felt like it was calling to me. And I was like, oh, I should do that. That sounds like a good way to give back. I've had a lot of help. Um, Ten years later, here we are. You know, and I want to pick up on where you left off, John, because along with raising money to directly support folks, a big part of this walk is raising awareness, right? And it stands out to me that Christopher says, you know, at first I, you know, I didn't know how long I had to live. I didn't know what was happening here. So can you help dispel some of the myths out there that have been around forever about HIV and AIDS? Absolutely. And uh, so some of the myths about uh, HIV that are still prevalent today, um, unfortunately, there's still a tremendous number of people who think that you can get HIV from uh, sharing a glass or utensils or even touching a toilet seat uh, after someone living with HIV has has used it. Uh, and that's so far from the truth. Uh, HIV can only be transmitted through bodily fluids. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, what's amazing about HIV today is that when people are on treatment, like Chris, and the treatment is working, uh, and they start treatment early, People living with HIV can live near normal lifespans, and most importantly, they can't transmit HIV to other people sexually. And we call mm -hmm. that undetectable equals untransmittable, which is a just critical way to prevent new HIV transmissions. The theme for this year's event, John, is show up, show out. What's the goal behind that phrase? So it is so important, given all of the anti-LGBT sentiment and laws that have been passed around the country this year, particularly attracting, attacking trans people, uh, that we all show up and be our authentic selves uh, and just um, show up and show out and be who we are. Yeah. You said, uh, Christopher, you were first diagnosed in 2009 and... and 
we talked a little bit there about, about treatment. I know a lot's changed since your initial diagnosis. Talk us through that. What, what does it look like now versus what treatment looked like back then? Sure. So in 2009, I uh, first put on a medication called a tripla, which was uh, one of the first one pill once a day regimens that existed. Actually, historically significant because it was the first time two competing pharmaceutical companies worked together on one product. Okay. Um, and that worked great and had some uh, wonky side effects, increased sense of anxiety, which is like not a thing that I need. I have enough anxiety on my own, right. just fine. And so it's been really interesting over the uh, course of the years. Every few years, uh, my doctor will move me to another regimen that, you know, has increased efficacy and reduced side effects. Mm -hmm. And it's really been staggering to watch that evolution. But even when I started to have one pill once a day, it was sort of revolutionary because if you think uh, watching movies, Philadelphia, or a lot of things, uh, news from the height of the AIDS epidemic, Mm -hmm. when the medication first came out in the mid-90s, it was so many pills, so many times a day, you know, talking to friends I have who are older survivors of HIV. It's really uh, astonishing how far we've come. I actually remember visuals of of seeing things like that on, on news reports back then. I, I can't help but also think about the start of the AIDS crisis in the 80s um, when a patient's options were very different. Absolutely. And Sasha, today I think one of the just incredible uh, changes that we have is that there's now an HIV prevention medication called PrEP. Uh, and it can be taken either as a pill or daily or now there's an injectable that folks can get in their in their butt about uh, every two months, mm-hmm. uh, which is just transformative for people who want different ways to prevent HIV. Uh, oh, yeah. And it will soon be covered uh, by insurance for free. Yeah, that's that's pretty great. And I, I'm happy to say I've seen a lot of posters and ads for, for PrEP. So, I mean, the word is uh, slowly getting out there. Um, how does it feel to be part of the, the lineage of, of advocates, uh, you know, just trying to make a difference here? Uh, I am truly standing on the shoulders of of giants at AIDS Foundation Chicago. Uh, Our organization has been around for almost 40 years. uh, And when uh, I started in uh, uh, 2005, it was truly a a different environment Mm -hmm. uh, for HIV. Um, We have just such tremendous support from our elected officials in Illinois and our amazing partners. Um, One of the things that really unfortunately has not changed with the HIV epidemic in my time working here is the tremendous racial disparities that we're seeing. And while HIV cases are going down tremendously among all groups, which I think is really the great news about HIV today, we are not seeing HIV, uh, new HIV cases go down at the same rates among black people and Latin A people as Mm. white people. And that's really where we have to double down on racial equity. Where Where do you think that comes from? So I, I think there's there's a number of reasons, but um, the stigma of HIV and medical mistrust um, are unfortunately still alive and well uh, in the African-American community and among Latin A people, uh, as, as we saw, for example, around uptake of the COVID vaccines. Uh, we we have seen some real uh, challenges there, and yeah. I think the issue is is very similar with HIV. And of course, there's the impact of systemic racism, uh, which impacts everything from access to employment, and with employment comes health insurance, mm-hmm. uh, to jobs, to 
the war on drugs and over-incarceration of black and Latin people. Yeah. Christopher, back to you. I mean, what are advocates like you still hoping to see improve? Uh Everything that John just mentioned about reducing so the racial disparities, racial disparities, huge and stigma. As we talked about the myths of HIV, there's still people who won't date me, you know, and so there's still a lot of learning to to happen uh, outside. I think of the HIV AIDS community to the to the wider world about what it what it really means. These and are days. people telling you this that they won't date you? Because you're you're living with HIV, or is this the dumb ones are? Because then I can argue with them. The smart ones just kind of ghost you. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, but goodness. it's uh, yeah, it doesn't happen often. But you know, it definitely makes me reticent to put myself out there sometimes. Sure. You know? Yeah. Uh, data from the CDC, you know, to your point, John tells us nationally, black people made up forty percent of people newly diagnosed with HIV in twenty twenty one. And Latino people made up 29%. And that's the most recent data that we, we have uh, available for that. Um, but let's let's talk about uh, that statewide initiative to, to, quote, get to zero by 2030. How, how is that going? Yes. Yeah, so in 2019, the governor launched, uh, and this is something that the mayors of Chicago uh, have supported, continue to support, the Getting to Zero Illinois strategy, which is a partnership between the city and state health departments and AIDS Foundation Chicago and uh, hundreds of advocates statewide as well as organizations. Uh, and there's really two goals that are at the heart of the Getting to Zero Illinois strategy. Uh, the first is to increase the number of people who are taking PrEP, the HIV prevention medication, by at least 20 percentage points. And the second is to increase by at least 20 percentage points the number of people who are taking uh, HIV medication and are taking it effectively mm -hmm. so that their uh, viral load is undetectable and they can't transmit HIV to their partners. And so uh, we've made tremendous strides uh, both in terms of seeing uh, new cases of HIV continuing to drop, but also in policy change, uh, as well as new funding that's coming uh, from the state to increase uh, support uh, for people living with HIV and prevention. So one of the policy changes that I'm really excited about is that uh, hopefully by the end of this calendar year, people will be able to start PrEP, the HIV prevention medication, mm -hmm. by walking into select pharmacies in Illinois and walk out maybe an hour later with a bottle of medication in their hand and be able to start PrEP. So we're, we're really excited about that change and hope that it's going to impact access. Yeah, I mean, and, and to that end, uh, I'll ask you, Christopher, what I asked John earlier. I mean, how do you feel being part of the lineage of advocates out here? It's honestly, Sasha, the biggest reason that I do this. I feel like the reason that I am alive and well today is because there were so many people who fought uh, for access to medication uh, back in the 80s and early 90s mm -hmm. and I have them to thank and so I feel like the only thing I can do is to give back and continue on um, the legacy that they started. Um, the musical theater community, which is what I represent, lost so many talents at the height of the AIDS crisis. Um, one of the names people might recognize the most is Howard Ashman, who wrote uh, Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast for Disney. Yeah. Disney actually moved their entire animation studios out to the East Coast during the making of Beauty and the Beast just so he could be taken care of wow. um, at that time. And so I feel like when you hear stories like that, I feel like what what can't, what else can I do? Because I can't mm -hmm. sit by and, and take uh, advantage of that without being grateful. Yeah. Well, you know, according to the most recent data from the CDC, Illinois was still seeing about 1,200 transmissions in 2021. So, I mean, before I let you both go, I would love to hear from you on, on, on this. 
For the person listening to us right now um, who was recently diagnosed, what do you say? What's your message? You first, John. So I would start by uh, saying that, first of all, there are amazing healthcare providers and there's an amazing set of resources out there. Uh, they can call AIDS Foundation Chicago or visit us on our website to uh, get linked up to treatment. Uh, we can help get folks medications for free, medical care for free. Um, we can provide support with housing. All of those things are a possibility. And uh, it is critical that folks get on treatment because that is just critical to living a long and healthy life. I'll leave you with the last word, Christopher. What do you say? Uh, I would tell them they're not alone. There's nothing wrong with them. And they're going to be just fine. And if they are free Saturday morning, they should come down to Soldier Field because there'll be a lot of people ready to give them a big hug. And they'd find a lot of community. I love that. We've been talking with John Peller, president of the AIDS Foundation of Chicago, and Christopher Pazernick, who's a participant in the AIDS Run and Walk. You heard him. Come on down. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Sasha. Thank you.